Well, one of the uh, great joys that I have had over the last 10 years serving here at Houghton Wesleyan is the privilege of working with college students. And as most of you know, the last two years, last year and this year, we have taken a team of students to South Dakota to serve with uh, Wesleyan Native Ministries. And the service obviously is a little different this morning than, in, than was scheduled and planned. Pastor West asked if, uh, if we would be willing to share. And so we said, sure, that would be wonderful. We would love that opportunity. Obviously, we're sorry that he is sick and we're praying for him. Uh, but we're glad for this opportunity to share with you just a little bit about uh, our trip to South Dakota and what the Lord um, uh, has done and is doing in us and through us um, as a result of this trip. And uh, so uh, without further ado, I'm going to turn the service over to the team and, and uh, there will be different ones sharing with you. We're also going to do a very brief skit just to give you a tiny taste of some of the ministry things that we were doing on the trip. Uh, we had a couple of dramas. We had a worship team. Uh, the students all had their testimonies prepared and ready to go for the services that we did. And so we just want to uh, give you an opportunity to uh, see a little bit of what we did. And uh, we're, again, glad for the opportunity to have you here from the students this morning. Good morning. Um, my name is Megan Weishart, and I actually had the privilege of going to South Dakota last year. Um, so it was really neat to get to go back and reconnect with people and, and make new friends, too. Um, so yesterday afternoon, Pastor Todd found out that we were going to be doing this. So he just said, you know, why don't you just briefly share whatever's on your heart? And so two things came to mind. The first one is kind of serious, so I'll save that for the second thing I say. The first thing I want to say is kind of funny. So one of the funniest parts of the trip for me was on our free day, we went to Custer State Park, which is a really cool place. It, it's just a lot of open land and you drive along a road for miles and miles and you just uh, look at all the wildlife. And um, so you see things like buffalo and prairie dogs and antelope and, you know, if you're lucky, you get to see those things. And luckily on that day, there wasn't any snow, so we did get to see a lot of neat wildlife that you wouldn't see around here. Um, but my favorite part was near the end, we, we kind of got separated. We had two cars. We had a van and a car. And the car got separated. I don't remember why. And um, we finally caught up to the van to find them surrounded by donkeys. <laughs> and uh, we were like, what is that? And then there was even more coming over the hill, and they surrounded our car. They were basically using our vehicles as salt licks. <laughs> they were licking the salt off of our vehicles. It was hilarious, and we really didn't think that was going to happen. And so I was in the car, like I said, and I thought it would be fun to roll down the window and see what happened. So I did all the way, and my little donkey friend stuck his head right in the window. I had my coat in my lap, and I put it over my head, screamed, tried to press myself up against the other side of the back seat, but Anthony decided to open his window all the way. So we had two donkeys in the back seat basically with us. It was, it was kind of funny. Um, so that was an eventful 15 minutes of how do we get out of here because they're all around our cars. Um, so that was fun. Uh, but the second thing I want to share with you is, it's, I guess if, if you would ask me the one thing that I learned the most from on this trip, it would, it would be this. Um, 
on our last full day in South Dakota, we went to a reservation. It's the Cheyenne River Reservation. Um, it's about two and a half or three hour drive from Rapid City, which is where we were spending most of our time. And uh, we went to this reservation on a little town that's a part of the reservation called Cherry Creek. And um, we actually went there last year, so it was neat to go back and see familiar faces. But a little bit about Cherry Creek, it's, it's a very poor place. A lot of the reservations are poor. Um, and it's a very spiritual place, but not in a Christian manner. So it's, it's one of those places that you really have to bathe in prayer before you go and while you go. And once you leave, I mean, it, it needs a lot of prayer. Um, the warfare is, is pretty intense there. So on the way there, the first hour of our car ride, um, we were goofing off in the van and, you know, making jokes and playing games and stuff. And then after a while, like most long car rides, people started to fall asleep and people put their iPods in and so it got pretty quiet. And I found myself eventually being the only person awake other than the driver. And um, so I just took the time to pray and to just think about what was coming up and I just felt my stomach start to turn, and my heart was getting really heavy, and it's a feeling that I know all too well, but I knew that, I knew that there, was, there was a lot of spiritual warfare that was going on in that moment, and we were about to come across even more of it when we got there. So I was just kind of preparing myself, um, but the closer we got there, the more oppressed I felt. And um, I didn't know if it was really towards me or not, but I definitely felt something. And so we got there, and, and we, um, like I said, we saw a lot of familiar faces, which is pretty cool. Um, some of the little kids were like, I remember you from last year. And that was really neat. Um, so we did a service there. We had done this service a couple of other times throughout the week. And we did the music, and we did skits, and uh, the, the gospel was presented in a very brief manner. Uh, we had a meal with the people, we played with the kids, fellowship with the adults, and then we gave out clothing that a lot of you donated, so thank you very much for that. They were really blessed by that. Um, and eventually, as we were kind of wrapping things up, there, there's a group of Mennonite missionaries there, and we remember them from last year. And so we were making connections and talking with them. There's about six of them. I think there's three girls and three guys, and they're pretty young. They're in their mid-20s. So we were talking, and eventually the girl said, hey, do you want to, like, see our school that we teach at and see our church? Like, we'll take you there. It's, you know, it's right down the street. And so we were like, yeah, sure. So we didn't really tell Pastor Todd what we were doing, but a couple of us left and went to, um, to see their, their facilities. It was kind of neat. We saw their little schoolhouse, and then we saw their church, and um, their church was a very humble building. It was basically chairs and a furnace. Um, so that was, that was kind of shocking. Um, definitely not, not like this. Um, and so we talked with them for a few minutes and I think we were an encouragement to them just, just getting to talk with other Christians because there's not a lot of Christians, um, amongst Native Americans and especially on the reservations. And even if there are, they don't talk about it a lot. So it was neat to get to talk with them. But after, um, after we were done, you know, seeing everything, we were in the parking lot getting ready to leave, and um, I was, I was just kind of looking around, just taking it all in, um, kind of getting a mental picture of everything because I forgot my camera charger, and uh, so I had to take mental pictures. <laughs> um, so I was looking around, and I was just thinking, and 
I was looking off in the distance, and I was seeing the landscape, and it's really pretty out there. And then I kind of scanned, and I see the town, and tears just filled my eyes because it is so poor. They are physically poor people, um, and they are spiritually poor. And I just thought in my head, I cannot believe I'm in the United States right now. This doesn't feel right. This is really my country. And um, I don't know, I just I really, I felt burdened for these people. And it's funny because last year, like I said, last year we went to the same place. And so I was there, but it was, it was nighttime. So I didn't really see the community because um, they don't really have streetlights there or anything. It's just a dirt road and buildings. And it was just funny because I thought, well, I was here and I was surrounded by all of this, but I never realized it. And that was when the light bulb just went off in my head and, and I felt God telling me, exactly, that's the lesson I want you to learn here in life. You are surrounded by a lot of poverty and not just physically, but a lot of it's spiritual. You're surrounded by it, but you don't always see it. And you just need to be more aware of that. And um, so it's definitely a big lesson that I am taking away from the trip. Um, and I, hopefully it's a lesson that I never forget. And um, it's a challenge to just keep my eyes open. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm really thankful for that moment and just the realization that the Lord gave me. So Eric's going to come now and share something with you guys. Hi, my name is Eric. This was my first trip to South Dakota with the group, and uh, I had no idea what to expect. I have never been further west than a little bit into Ohio, so I didn't even know what I was going to see in terms of landscape. Um, But one thing God definitely made this trip about for me personally was making it a learning experience because... I didn't think I had this view, but I had a very ignorant view of Native American culture and uh, how they live today. And the whole trip was almost an educational eye-opener on this is a people group you have never given any thought to. This is how they live. And as Megan said, this is the poverty they live in. And God kind of showed me It's very urban in places, and I hadn't thought of that at all. I had spent some time in Nashville a few years ago helping with a youth urban ministry, and the similarities between that and this trip were amazing. Um, A lot of the same problems uh, that happened in Nashville were going on right there, and I guess the biggest difference was when I was in Nashville— There was a hope for a lot of the people um, that they were able to get out of that life. And the Lakota people, they don't really seem to have that hope. They seem very beaten down because of all the struggles and uh, turmoils that have gone on in their lives. And it was the whole trip was just God saying, see this, know about this. You've never thought about it. Now it's time. And I... I felt very ineffective uh, being there. We had watched a video called Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, and watching just the history made me angry, and uh, I felt just useless about everything. I mean, I can't go back and fix the history, and the problem today just seems so big. 
what can I do? And I thought the whole week was going to just be me laced with anger about that. And this one night came where we were hosting uh, a bunch of young adults, uh, young being from 25 to 60, in our, in our small house. And they were sharing testimonies with us. And I was noticing a lot of them, uh, they had a lot of struggles with education throughout their lives. One was 25 and he had dropped out of college and now he was going back. One woman, uh, I, hope, I think she was in her late 30s. I hope she isn't offended by that guess. Um, she's going back to college. Uh, there was a girl who was just leaving the reservation, coming to town and trying to finish her senior year of high school. And I hadn't really thought about how I would relate to anybody there because I didn't think I would have anything in common. But as they were all sharing these problems, it just kind of hit me. I'm a high school dropout and I'm going to be a college graduate in May. And it just seemed like if I hadn't shared my testimony, I would have done a disservice to myself in a way. So I shared it, and I don't know if it reached anybody, and I don't know what effect it might have had, but afterwards, it was a blessing to just see God's light shining from a hole that I had created in my own life and seeing how he could work with that in not just a way that I had thought it could work, but with a completely different people group and a completely different location than I ever thought. I drove 24 hours to share a 20-minute testimony, and if that's all that happened, then I feel like the trip had been worthwhile because it felt like something I had to do. And I, uh, I just encourage anybody who's thinking about maybe going on the trip next year, if they have any doubts or reservations, just know that you can't know now or even in a year what God is going to do if you do go. So... That's what I have to say. Thank you. My name is Kendra Andrews, and uh, this is also my first time uh, going to South Dakota. And uh, I'd been on the fence about going. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go, and I kind of chose it past the last minute to to actually go. Um, But I'm so glad I did. It was such a great trip, and um, it was so good to just be with um, the team, um, some really godly people. And so that was just really great. Um, The trip was not what I expected it to be. Um, It was was great, and, and God did really great things. But when uh, we first got there, um, I kind of expected that every night we'd be doing services for hundreds of people and like, God was just going to like rain down and like, there'd be thunder and light. I don't know. I, I just expected it to be like really big, visible things. And when we first got there, we went to, um, Allen and, um, we did a service there and I was helping lead the worship and, uh, our team was singing along with us, but it didn't seem like anyone else was. And, um, they just, I don't know, they didn't seem very engaged. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if they're like happy that we're here. Or, I don't know. It was, it was a little discouraging. Um, but later, like four days later, um, the Salways came and told us that nine people had actually been saved during that service. And I was just like, wow, I had no idea that that was going on. And so it's just, it just really shows that like, I think sometimes we're always looking for God to like show himself in these huge ways. And sometimes he works in really quiet and small ways. And, um, God, God was really showing me that, 
this week. We uh, were doing a lot less physical work than we thought we would, and um, it just seemed like a lot of times we were uh, saying, oh, I wish we could be doing more, but I think God was telling us, you're doing exactly what I need you to be doing. And um, sometimes we don't see what God's doing, and and uh, yeah, so uh, that was one of the things. And um, I've really been challenged to pray for uh, the Lakota people and the people of South Dakota. Um, there's um, particular people that I've been um, challenged to pray for as well as the whole. Um, there's this one lady who would come uh, when we had people over at night to fellowship with, and her name was Dawn. And uh, she um, works, she does... Um, like beading work and she makes shields and she makes clothes and she makes all these very, very cool um, Native American pieces of art. And they had taken us to the place where she works um, just because there was a lot of cool stuff, but so we could like see um, the work that she does and stuff. And they told us afterwards that one of the reasons they took us there is because so we could see the beautiful work, but to know that the people who do the work, there, the native people. Um, it's basically kind of slave labor because they do all this work and they're, they have to buy their own materials to do the work. And then the store will buy it from them for a very low price and then sell it for a very high price. So they have to do all this work for, um, little reward to live on and she was just the sweetest lady and um I was really challenged to just to pray for her and so I would challenge you as well even if you don't know about specific people but just to pray for the Salways as they're doing their ministry there and to pray for South Dakota because God is really um stirring up some hearts over there and it was really cool and powerful to see so now anthony and eric are going to come and share one of the skits that we did um in in some of the services while we were there
find a garden, and what you're going to do is I'm, I'm going to play games with that. I'm going to make them think that you were right when you were wrong. I'm going to make them think they're having the time of their lives. I'm going to turn their whole lives upside down. And then comes the best part. What's next? And damn it for all eternity. You know, my father and I are very fond of mankind. I know. We're willing to pay the price for that. You want to pay the price for that? I mean, they promise you everything. Run away the first chance they get. How much are they? They're going to cost you your tears. Done. They're going to cost you your blood. Done. They're going to cost you your life. Done. Yes. My name is Emily Paradko, and I am a junior at Houghton. And I have a unique situation in that this was my third time going to South Dakota. Um, I never really thought I'd go to South Dakota three times in four years because when you say you're going on a mission trip to South Dakota, people are pretty much just like, why would you want to go there? Because there's not really much out there. But um, it's just proof to me that God works in really interesting ways. And even though we may not understand why he's bringing us to something at that moment, he could use it to get for good in the future. And um, this was my second time going to Allen, which is the first place that we went um, when we got to South Dakota. And Allen is a really small town. Um, you have to drive on a dirt road for about 45 minutes to get there. It's pretty isolated. And... There's just a great deal of poverty, and the people in Allen have been asking for a church for a while. Um, there's no church right in Allen. The closest one is about 20, 25 minutes away, and not everyone there has a car, so they just really wanted a place of their own in their own town. Um, so we did a, the first outreach in Allen with the church that we were working with from Rapid City, and... Um, we did worship for a little while, and then Pastor Larry shared, and then Pastor Todd shared a little bit, and then we had a meal all together. And during the meal, it was really cool to just be able to talk to the people and just kind of hear their story, where, they, where they've come from, um, what they're doing in Allen, and just kind of how the Lord has been working in their lives. And... Um, after the meal, we unloaded this horse trailer full of clothes. Um, there were bags and bags and bags, like, piled almost up to the ceiling. There were so many clothes. And so we laid those out on the table and distributed them to all the people there. And they were so happy just to get a blanket or a hat for their baby or diapers. And it's just things that we take for granted so easily here. And... You know, I have three blankets at my house to choose from for when I get cold, and these people didn't even have one. So it's just really eye-opening that there's poverty that's at a third-world level in our own country. And um, it was just a privilege to be there and just to see the, the joy on their faces receiving such simple gifts. Um, we didn't do a lot of fancy things while we were in South Dakota, 
we did a few worship services and we just had people over for dinner and fellowshiped with them. But um, God just completely took over throughout the trip and he really used what we did for his glory. And it was just incredible to be a part of that. And just being on this trip reminded me of the reason of why we're called to do what we do as Christians. We're called to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And that is really the gist of what we were able to do in South Dakota. Um, We went to four different places, and every place we went to, God continued to show his faithfulness. There were a lot of times when we didn't know what we would be doing, and there were a lot of times when we weren't really doing anything. We were just kind of hanging out and, you know, talking to people. But... um, just knowing that God was using that. And to me, the theme of this trip was trust. Um, Trusting that Pastor Todd would lead us in the right direction. Trusting that our teammates would be there for us when we needed them. And trusting that God would use what we are doing for his glory. Um, It's exciting that even though we may not see the direct fruits of our labor, um, we didn't, there weren't a lot of times where we saw the effects of what we were doing immediately, but just God was just teaching me to trust in him that he would bring those things that we did to fruition, whether it's a month from now or a year from now or five years from now, just trusting that God has a plan and that he's going to use the time that we spent in South Dakota for his glory. Thank you. I'm Brandon Hoffman, and I'm going to brag on the team. Um, when we were in Allen, so a couple of them mentioned the, the Allen uh, reservation there, and when we were in there, we did a little service, and then we uh, we had these bags, and we, we put them on tables, and I, I said to myself, okay, we've got the bags, we've got them on tables, we've taken all the clothes out, or, or a, a good deal of clothes, and covered the tables with clothes, so we're done, right? There's, there's no more table space, so we just need to sit back and let them peruse, I guess. Um, and so I kind of stood back, thought, okay, we did it, we did our job. Um, and I started looking around, and I noticed that the ten people, there's only five here, there, there were ten just students, they were practically running around running around like they could not possibly work fast enough. And I thought to myself, what are they doing? We're done. Like, the tables are filled with stuff. We're done. There's nothing more we can do here. And, uh, and, I, and I just sat back for a minute and just watched them running around. And I noticed that they were, they were going to all the different people and figuring out what they needed and trying to get it for them and do everything they possibly could to serve these people. And I was really impressed. And I tried to jump in and, you know, do my part. Um, but the other thing that I was really impressed with is oftentimes during the week we were asked to share our testimony, either in a service or in private settings. And, and these guys were open, um, really open and shared some really hard stuff uh, that really I, I could tell was making an impact on, on the people there. Um, and... I just blanked. <laughs> um, but the, the people there, uh, sorry, have, have never experienced this kind of humility and this kind of servanthood 
the, if, you, if you talk to the, the Native Americans there, what they've experienced specifically from white people throughout their history and throughout their lives, we've come in and we tried to destroy them. We come in and we tried to tell them that you're worthless, you're scum of the earth, and you either need to die or completely become somebody else because we're better than you and you need to become us or you're worthless. And that's what they've, that's ingrained in their head. And, and when these students came and said, we are here to serve you, um, you are really important to us and we're going to get down on our knees and serve you, it, it made a huge, huge impact on them. Um, and and I can't express how, how big of an impact that made. On, on the people there. Well, there you have it. Sort of a, a somewhat of a picture of what the week looked like and what all the Lord was doing in us and, and through us in the ministry there. Um, there's so much more detail we could go into about the trip. Um, if you want a play-by-play, play, send me an email and I'll send you a play-by-play. Play. Uh, but uh, this is just a great team. It's a wonderful uh, team. And as Brandon said, they all just jumped in and served so well and so effectively. And and uh, the Lord really blessed uh, our ministry and us through our interactions with the, uh, the Lakota people. And uh, I just want to encourage you to pray specifically for uh, Larry and Dale Salway, uh, Larry is the native pastor of the Hesapa New Life Wesleyan Church in Rapid City, and he's sort of the director of native ministries in South Dakota itself. Um, we heard from Rich Avery a few weeks ago, who's the director of uh, native Wesleyan ministries, you know, in general. Uh, Larry and Dale sort of have responsibility for the, the ministries in South Dakota. And so I want to encourage you to pray for them. Uh, they are doing a difficult work and seeing amazing results. Uh, the Lord's really blessing and people are coming to Christ. Um, they need people who can go in and help disciple all of these young new believers that are coming to the Lord. Um, and pray also for Cheryl and Tito Arweo. They are the pastors of the Pier Lakota Chapel Wesleyan Church, uh, which is another ministry in South Dakota associated with Wesleyan Native Ministries, and they're doing a great job there too. Uh, we had the opportunity to spend, uh, to, to be in their Sunday service um, the first weekend that we were out there. Um, so I want to just encourage you to to pray for them, and I just want to say thank you to all of you as a, as a church, as a congregation, and as individuals who, who prayed for us and uh, supported us through this trip and this ministry. Uh, we're just grateful for the opportunity to have to have gone and served in South Dakota among the Lakota Sioux.